I joined Found Her Network because of the diversity of the group. I'm a mom of a four-year-old, and I work full-time at a software company. I try my best to deliver every day better than I did yesterday. Founder Network is different than other groups that I'm in, and I'm in a lot of groups. It has made a big difference in my business, and I am excited for the future. Women making it work. Women making it work. Women making it work. Women making it work. Stories from the front lines of female entrepreneurship. Hi, and welcome to Women Making It Work, stories from the front lines of female entrepreneurship. My name is Liz Caruso, and I'm an event planner and entrepreneur. And I'm Deborah Pinnell. I'm a freelance writer and content developer. We're so excited to be here with you on this first episode of our new podcast, conceived out of our online networking community for female entrepreneurs called The Founder Network. We are business owners and founders, freelancers and entrepreneurs, moms, students, and late bloomers, all sharing our stories of inspiration and lessons we've learned through our collective experience. Just like our community, this podcast focuses on supporting and empowering women in every stage of their businesses and lives. We'll be focusing on the unique ways we're each finding our own path in the business world as entrepreneurs and freelancers. Each episode will feature an interview with successful women who can share what they've learned along with stories from our members and tech tips. We'll be covering a wide range of topics from the challenges of being a working mom, juggling multiple priorities, and dealing with infertility, to cutting-edge growth strategies, the latest workplace innovations, sustainability, social responsibility, and more. We've designed this podcast to be a representation of the experience we all have each day, designing careers and businesses that reflect our values and meet our individual needs. We hope you'll join us as we embark on this adventure together and help each other succeed in ways you never imagined possible. Well, it's October, and you know what that means. Um, well, we're already back in school, so. Yeah, summer is over. Oh, yeah. And it it's is. time to get back to business. Mm, okay. You know, if you say so. <laughs> fall is in full swing. There is definitely that natural feeling of new beginnings. True. And, you know, for those of us in business, it also feels like a natural time for a fresh start. This is a great time then to launch our new podcast, Women Making It Work. You know, we were talking about who would be perfect to kick off this show. Mm -hmm. And the first person that came to my mind was Leslie Short. Yes. She is amazing. She's this powerful woman that I know we can all learn a lot from. And she just has such a great buried career starting in ballet. She is, you know, started in events and has evolved into branding and marketing and is now kind of this like external COO role. And she just, you know, had such great insight on owning your business owning your lane and really doing what you do very well. So we're really excited about this interview today with Leslie Short. Have a listen. Thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. So excited to have you here. Thank you. Um, you and I have gone back many years at this point. I met you through, I think I met you through Salua. Yes. Who was your intern at the time. And she told me what a rock star you were. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but we met for coffee at a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely remember because you were just starting. I was brand new to the industry. To leave your nine to five job, quote unquote, and start your own thing. And I was completely in awe of you. Like, if I could just do a little bit of what Leslie's doing, that would be amazing. Well, you've done that plus a whole lot more. So I really respect you stepped out, you stepped out on faith, and you have not looked back. No, and when I do, I'm just so glad. <laughs> <laughs> But about. I do have some questions for you. Okay. Um, I mean, over the course of your life, you've had so many experiences. You've been a dancer, a designer, an event planner, 
PR person, marketer, teacher. So where are you now in your career? And are you happy with your current role? I know you're doing some new things now. Are you getting ready for kind of the next evolutionary phase? I've been really blessed to be a dancer and director and producer and choreographer and marketer and 10,000 other titles that I've had. Um, everything that I do somehow connects. And everyone goes, there's no way being a dancer can connect to designing a space. But it is about space and about understanding where you are and how to use the space that you have. So in a weird sort of way, designing is not that far from dancing for me um, or looking at colors for costumes or for lights and that type of thing. What I'm doing now, um, my new made up title, is <laughs> corporate operation strategies. And that came out of the fact that a lot of companies can't hire or afford a full-time COO anymore. And I kept getting requests to come in, oversee the company, help them redesign, whether it was branding or restructure with staffing. And then they would be like, hey, we need to move. Do you want to take on that role? Hey, we need to build it out. Do you want to oversee construction? Hey, would you want to just design it? Hey, why don't you come in and sell run the staff? So I created this role that would allow me the opportunity to use all the skills depending on what's needed. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's never a dull moment, and I can make it into anything I want. What are some of the things that you get to do in that role that kind of pull from your experiences in the past? One is design. Uh, one is marketing and branding and PR. I'm able to take all those things that I've done in the past and bring them into kind of one circle under one, one lump sum. When I'm working with a company, I can say, have you connected the PR, marketing, and advertising, and marketing. Have you, they all connected? Is everyone sitting down speaking to each other? Great. What's the sales team doing? I understand how to connect the dots, and I have no problem going up to them going, you need to speak to each other. Stop telling me it's in Dropbox. Get up and go have a conversation. And because I'm not in the company, um, it gives me the flexibility to kind of be the mean girl a little bit with authority. Um, and that was the same thing I used to do when I was a dance captain. I was in charge of the dancers and the lights and the sound and was things being shipped. It's all the same thing. It's a different field. So. We have been talking amongst ourselves and we've just decided that we love fall. It's kind of like the new year because you get a fresh start on things. Hmm. Do you love fall as much as we do? No. No. I love fall fashion. <laughs> I love well. picking my colors, I what I'm going to dress. No, I'm a five-year-old. Fall means winter. And that's oh. cold and that's scarves and that's hats. So no. You're a summer <laughs> person. I want warmth. I love summer. Do you feel like everyone else is kind of getting back in? You can be more productive in September or you're just full throttle all I'm, year long? I'm full throttle all year long. But I understand that most people will come back into September and be like, okay, let's get this done. We have budgets to spend. We need to figure out what we're doing for holiday. We need to figure out what we're doing for next year. Some some people are like, two years from now. And I'm like, you're doing too much. Um, <laughs> let's focus on now. So it's a mix. I'm always excited when other people are ready to, to rock and roll and spend money and get creative. Uh, many of our listeners are in the midst of big transitions. And it could be personal or professional. But um, what can you share from your experience navigating so many different changes that might be helpful to them? Transition and change is not scary. It is the unknown 
but it should not be scary. It's about understanding, you know, I always say this, who you are and what your goals are. I think what happens with transition and change is everyone listens to everyone else. I always listen to my gut. I'm never scared of change. I will wake up in the morning and start a new business. Um, I will do my research. I will find the hole that I see in that industry, and I will figure out how to plug it if that's where I want to be. So you have to take a chance on yourself. And you know what I always say, learn on somebody else's dime. So while you're working somewhere, while you're in that transition stage, start building the next step of where you want to go. Absolutely. I really like what you said about honing in and, and knowing for yourself what your goals are and what you're comfortable with. And I feel like for a lot of women, that's really hard because we're balancing families and, and a million things. I feel like every woman is balancing lots of different things, whether they have you know, kids or not, or, um, but how do you, I mean, you seem to have definitely tuned into that for yourself and be able to, when needed, tune other things out and really center yourself and figure out what it is that you need. Do you have any tips on how women can do that better? You know, I think women just really, one, need to listen to themselves. Number one, sit down. Sit down. Stop saying I'm sorry. Stop trying to figure out what everyone else needs from them. Because we're so busy giving that we forget that you can give so much you have nothing left. And when you have nothing left, you have no idea who you really are. So we have to not be scared to take our moments. Men have those moments. Men go golfing with each other. They go basketball. They play whatever it is. They take their moments. And they come off the court with the deal or whatever it is. We don't take the moment because we have to do laundry. We have to pick up the kids. We need to run over here. Someone needs dinner. We need to get our hair done. We need to get nails done. We need a new outfit to go. To. It's too much sometimes. Will someone die if we showed up in the same outfit? Okay, now anyone that knows me knows that's probably yes. But <laughs> let's, let's be realistic. Flip it, add another piece of accessory. Let's work it out. No small children have been hurt along the way. <laughs> Little black dress comes in handy. Little black dress will work all the time. <laughs> Really important advice for women to hear. Yes. Um, One of my big things is stop saying I'm sorry. I have definitely tried to learn that lesson for myself. What are we saying sorry for? Sorry you tripped over something? Sorry you killed someone? What, what are we saying sorry for? Mm -hmm. Oh, oops, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't do that right. I'm sorry. Guess what? That would, did not go as well as planned. Here's how I'm going to fix it. Here's a solution to this issue. We don't need to apologize for everything. There are certain things that you literally have to be a grown-up and go suck it up and say, I'm sorry. But we use it as if we're asking for water. Stop for a moment and breathe and go, does that actually require a sorry? Or does that require, here's the way we're going to work moving forward. And I've noticed someone mentioned to me many years ago that people say I'm sorry too often, especially women. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that 80% of the time is not even for anything that anybody has to be sorry for. It's not that anything went no. wrong. Someone <laughs> will trip and I'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, and then I think, what am I sorry? I didn't trip them. <laughs> yeah, I have an them. intern that they does tripped. it it's all okay. the time, a young woman. I'm like, stop it. Own it. That's the thing. Take ownership. We as women need to take ownership of our lives, take ownership of ourselves, take ownership of our souls and our peace because no one else is going to do it for us. And I think when you take that ownership, that's where the confidence comes in, which I think you exude. There's just a level of, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm not okay doing. 
I love that about you. And I, I feel like that's something that women can have more of when they do exactly what you're recommending. Just own own it everything good bad or indifferent mm-hmm. i mean i sent someone a meme this weekend um someone that's new that's working with me and i don't know if you've seen it on facebook it's a little girl with the stick and she has it up against the boy's neck and it says <laughs> i am a leader pay attention i'm not bossy and it was just kind of like <laughs> oh well <laughs> and i i sent it to her i'm like i can talk about myself ha 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 <laughs> i'm not bossy just follow what i say um you know it's every day's not gonna be a great day Mm-hmm. For some reason, someone told women that every day has to be perfect. For me, the best moment is the best moment. Now, some days may not have a lot of good moments, but there's always going to be a better moment. And I look at it that way. And I say, I'll never get an ulcer because when I'm upset, you know it. Um, I say it and we move on. You know, and I'm the first one to go. Who has the gummy bears after? Who has cupcakes? <laughs> Let's keep this moving now. But it's it's about using our voice. What was the toughest work situation that you ever found yourself in, and how did you make your way through that? There are several tough work situations I've been in. I can go back to dancing, where I was in Europe, and no one wanted me to be the lead dancer. No one as in the other dancers, I should say. I had been cast as the lead dancer. I also happened to be the only black girl. So they tried to switch wigs, cut my costumes, wow. moved my, my preset, all of those things. What they did not expect was for me not to get upset, but to walk in and go, you just lost your lead dancer to the choreographer. He's like, what? I don't play those games. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving, which turned into an uproar and totally (laughs) messed up their whole game because then everyone got involved. Right. The next tough one was probably dealing with millenniums right now. If you tell me something's in Dropbox one more time (laughs) and you do not understand how to communicate, if you've executed it, then you should be able to explain how you've executed it. So now I'm just kind of in this battle with someone who's very bright but have absolutely very little communication skills. Mm. To someone like me, it's like, why are we having a chart to talk to a chart to go to a meeting to talk about the meeting? Should we go, can we just, man, I've already done it. Sure. You're still charting about it and I've actually executed it. <laughs> so finding that that ground level of sometimes working with the newer generation mm-hmm. um, is a new challenge. <laughs> and I'm assuming part of that is the way that they were raised with technology, but you're no... You know, you're definitely familiar with technology. Yes. So that's, it. I guess it's more just the general way that they communicate. And how they use it. Mm-hmm. You know, technology, and that's what someone said to me. Oh, but, you know, our generation, I'm like, I'm older than you. It's not that I don't use those. You're using it for everything. It's an excuse not to actually work sometimes. Sure. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's there. I said, the last thing you want me to do is start playing in these files. Are you sure? She just doesn't know what she's doing. Okay. So I start clicking around. I'm like, so when's the last time you updated? It says when it's updated. Nope, that person doesn't work here anymore. This is not updated. Nope, that's not in the right order. Why is this a mess? So now they like hate the fact that I'm in. I was like, right, get out of the document. I warned you you didn't want me in. <laughs> You're talking about working with millennials and the challenges that that could present. 
And I know every generation before them says that the next generation was horrible to work with and they're ruining them. The whole world is going to hell. But um, obviously millennials have that added challenge of the fact that they're brought up with complete access to technology. And and you've already talked a little bit about how that impacts. What advice do you have for millennials when they're working with anyone who's not a millennial and also with each other? What are just some things they need to know in order to be more successful and to really make it in this world? I think, honestly, the millennials need to know the power that they do have and not in a cocky way, but knowing that they have grown up with technology. They are from the age of three, already ahead of us, (laughs) most of us. And that if they even take the time to explain sometimes how they do it, whether we end up doing it that way or not, that would already show respect and understanding that there is a gap. One of the big things, though, is even with your technology, you still need to be able to show your hate to say your worth because everybody has worth and I am a true big believer in that you bring something to the table but what is it that you bring is it your work ethic I have an amazing millennium intern right now who she has such sensibility to understand the space she has awareness Mm -hmm. of what's going on around her outside of her and I think that's what millennials need to know pay attention to what's going on around you Be involved not to be the next president the next day, but be involved to contribute. And that's where I think the disconnect can sometimes be. Do you have a mentor or mentors, and and how has that process worked for you if you do have one? I think, and this is going to sound so corny, my mentors has always been my parents. I watched my father was an architect, builder. I watched him back in the day, his three-piece suit. Um, his briefcase and his plans under his arm. And, you know, my mom would drive me to ballet school every day. And it was always told I could do anything I want to do. That there was never a barrier. There's always someone richer than you, poorer than you, taller than you, heavier than you, skinnier than you. You take everyone at face value. And whatever you decided to do, do it the best you could do. But I watched them live their lives like that. So I never really needed someone outside of the family to do that for me. They were there. I think the next woman that I always remember, like that kind of set the tone for the rest of my life, was my ballet teacher. And I think I was eight at the time, and I played around in class. And you don't play around in class. That's just a no-no. And she pulled me aside, and she goes, you, your parents will not buy your way into a ballet company. Not because they can't afford it, because they're not going to do it. The other girls, their parents will buy their way into the ballet company. But you're 10 times more talented than, than they are. Don't ever come in here again and play around. So to this day, everyone goes, why are you so serious me? She set the tone. When you're there, that's the time that you focus. And when you're not there, Still the time to focus, but it's time to have fun. So that's what I've always used as a kind of a mentor. Now, I know because of how I met you that you also play the mentor role to so many people. How, how, what is the reason why you invest your time in the next generation of planners or the next generation of entrepreneurs or whatever category? I think it's important for anyone that has reached any level of success or has a knowledge 
that the point of working this hard is not to take it with me when I die. <laughs> the point is to make sure that you pass it on, whether however they use it, it is important that they know about it. You have so many people that don't have the advantage of working with amazing people or having budgets of $300,000 that I had when events were in their glory days that are taught how to do lights and sound and um, engineering and the design and the logistics. You don't get that anymore. You're not taught those things always. So I feel that it's my duty to allow younger people to know all of those things are important. The more you know, the less someone can take away from you. Mm -hmm. So it's my responsibility to share what I know. I love that. Do you have any like morning or evening routines? Anything that really makes you feel like it, that is you. It helps keep you you. Yes. So no matter where I am in the world, in the mornings, I do all my readings, my Bible readings. I do all the newspapers. I do all the gossip columns. I do Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> you know, the other news. Yeah. Um, I do all those things before I ever step foot out of bed. And then I get out of bed and I'm on my way to the gym. And the gym's every morning. And the gym is about me. The phone is not with me on the floor. I have my iPod in. You know, one of the kids just updated, you know, kids millennials updated something for me. He was like, when I want 80s music, I know who to come to. I was like, just shut up and update it, man. <laughs> no one asked for the commentary. I just needed help. I needed help. And so I have that on. I, I'm zone. I am the bully in the gym. I'm the first girl that's in the weight room looking at a dude like, yo, for real, how many sets do you have? You're drinking coffee. I'm doing pull-ups. And they just kind of look at me like, the Circus Soleil is all of that necessary? Because <laughs> I'm still flying around and doing legs up in the air and doing weights. That's my time. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I won't sacrifice that unless I really have like an 8 a.m. something, like doing construction. You know, the guys are on set at 7 o'clock. And I'm like, you messing me, you messing me up this morning. You know, I'm not going to be warm and fuzzy. <laughs> They're like, as opposed to. But it is my time to center myself. Definitely. You have this incredibly busy life and you've accomplished so much. I'm thinking about women who are listening to this podcast and maybe they're swamped. They have a great business idea, and yet they're balancing, like we talked about, family <laughs> and a million things. What advice do you have for them to take that first step to really empower them that this idea that they have is something that they can and should pursue so that they really can express that, that idea that they have? So I think if you have an idea, if it's, if it's something that's been burning inside of you, then do the research. I don't care where you are. At this point, you can be in New York, you can be in Iowa, you can be in Kansas, and you can be anywhere. Take the time, take the moment to research that industry. What I'll get is people tell me, oh, no, I have a great idea. But we all have great ideas. Look into that market. Take the time to just be like a minute now, Google, um, <laughs> and see if it's out there. Who is doing it? How can you volunteer your time? Now you go, I don't have time to volunteer. Then start reading articles. Maybe you become the expert of your town on your Facebook page of posting those articles. That you become that conduit. Own your own little world. You know, if you're doing blueberry muffins and you do the best blueberry muffins in your town, own your town of blueberry muffins. Get it out there. Take PR class 
Online, there's so much things that are free. They teach you how to write a press release. They explain to you what marketing is. They explain to you what branding is. Maybe you don't understand that. Maybe your cousin down the street makes the best T-shirts. Get him to make up four free T-shirts. You know, FUBU, the clothing line, started with four T-shirts. They took them on and off celebrities, and it made them look like they were a million-dollar company when they had four dirty T-shirts that they used to run around and put on people in videos. So we have to get not only creative with our idea, but creative of how we let other people know we have the idea. So go to your local college. Go to your local center. Look at your local business that you like and figure out what they're doing. How, what time do people come into their store? What's selling good? Let's have a conversation. Hey, how did you get that? Where does that ship from? People love to speak about themselves Mm -hmm. and people love to give you knowledge. All those things are there for us. If we just step out again and ask. Um, How do you think being a black woman has helped you in business and what challenges have you experienced because of that? I know you just shared one. Yeah, I don't help I don't know it's not my issue it's others issues you know when I start doing flowers and start going down in the flower market here in New York I could not go unless I was dressed because no one would believe that I had thirty thousand dollars to spend on flowers and so they would speak to all the other girls that would be in poom poom shorts and wife beaters um, I would literally have to be dressed like I'm going into the office to go shop in the flower market and no one believed that I was just, that I was a designer. Oh, who are you working with? Well, it's my firm. Oh, she can't have those clients. Mm. You know, so I always laugh and say, yeah, if I was a white gay guy, I would have been on every TV show and every magazine cover for the design work that I've done. But that's not the case. So I can't worry about that. And when I do receive the TV offers, so they either want to pit my staff to be like, you're scared of her, right? You're scared of her. Oh. Or I have to be the angry black woman. I'm like, now I can play that, but you don't really want to see that because that's not who I am on a daily basis. I'm way too happy. I am blessed. I, you know, lived in Europe for 10 and a half years. I lived in Japan for, for three years. I like my wine and cheese platters. That does not mean I don't like, you know, stereotypical things or I can't mix, you know, what I, when I speak to black women, in organization, I always go, and this is really bad, but very true. You can get your hair done anywhere. Black girls' issues. I'm not trying to jump in water in a different country and not have a hairstylist on hand. That sure. is a fact. But you can get your hair done anywhere because I had a weave done in Japan by a German woman and an African woman. You can figure out how to get your hair done. You can. Chickens happens in every country. It's just called something different. You just go. So is it an advantage or disadvantage? You know, when my skin started changing, you know, I won't say aging spots, whatever they call them. <laughs> I went to the doctor. I was like, yo, my daughter, Michael Jackson, what's going on? And I said to him, there's a lot of things I can say as a white girl. I can't say as a black girl. Bring it on. I'm ready. I got no problem. And he was like, who referred you to me? And I'm like, listen, just tell me. Give me a timeline. I have things already prepared. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's an advantage or disadvantage. I am who I am. Um, that's not going to change. That's what's great about you. Like you said, you own it. And own everything it. else is other people's problems. It's really not my issue. Right. I'm it's really not, not going to lose sleep over you wondering how I got somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the last question I have for you, for now, is 
I just, you do so many things and you have various positions. You do a lot of charity work. You are really involved in industry associations and and yet, when I send you an email, I get a response. And, you know, when we ask you to come in for the podcast, you actually schedule it within a week. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I would expect someone like you to just never be available. So I know and what we're hoping to learn from you are some. there's got to be some systems that you use to do this all. Because I know the average female entrepreneur is really struggling with just staying on top of things. And what I've learned over the years of being in business is it comes down to, I think, priorities and systems. So whatever you can share with our audience about those things would be super helpful. Well, here's where you're going to get your feelings hurt, audience. Systems for me to be organized, Google Calendar, Mm -hmm. and email. Keep it simple. When you start adding all these other things in, for me, then it just gets too much. Because I do a lot what I will do is obviously everything in Google, Google Calendar has a different color. Mm-hmm. So I know what business, <laughs> if it's, you know, if it's a green, then I know I'm doing Blueprint and Co. If it's red, then that's my stuff and my speaking engagements. If it's brown, then that's my ministry. And I will look at the calendar and see what's coming up. And that's the mode I change into. And I try to stay on emails. Sometimes I answer too quickly. I'll be the first to say, so slow that down. (laughs) Um, Everyone doesn't need a response right away. That is what I'm learning more and more in my older age. You can wait to respond to certain people or to certain things. Take your time. But I do try to stay on top of my email. Someone asked me the other day, can we share a Google Calendar? And that way I'll know what you're doing. You're never going to know what I'm doing, and I'm not sharing a calendar. (laughs) So (laughs) that's a no. Sure. So I I believe it or not, keep it very, very simple. If it's not in the calendar, it doesn't happen. But I also take the time at night to go back through all the emails to make sure I haven't missed anything and just stay on top of that. I felt bad this morning because I emailed you asking questions on the day of when that's something that should have happened last week in my head. Uh, I should have sent them to you before you asked. No, but, you know, (laughs) so I, but I look at each, what do I need to do that day? Mm -hmm. I dress according to that. I put my clothing out the night before, just like I did growing up as a kid from my gym clothes. I know I'm a little crazy. My gym bag is packed. My outfit is out. My backup outfit is out just because I'm not feeling that. Or I woke up in the middle of the night and had another dream about something else that's going to be fabulous for the day, I think. Um, And where I need to go. How do I need to be presented that day? And so it's about organizing, again, myself. Now, I say that to say I don't have children or a husband. So I'm not trying to organize anyone else other than myself. And I don't take on that burden to try and do that. Even with my ministry and things that I do, I decided come fall, I'm not going to teach this semester because with everything I have going on with Blueprint and Co. in this new position and building that, I can't be everything and be everyone for, you know, just be there for everyone. Mm-hmm. So something we take care of is self-care. So self-care is knowing, take that out of the schedule for the moment. And you can get back involved when your schedule allows. Yes. But knowing how much you really can handle is super important. Absolutely. And you know, what they said to me was, that's your site. No one else's name is going on that site. Someone will fill in for you. Mm. And when you want, or if you want to substitute, join, 
fine. And I was like, are you sure? Because I'm, I'm prepared to hand it over to someone else at this point. I don't feel it's fair for someone to always keep covering me. And they're like, we don't fair, feel it's fair that you leave us. So hmm, there you go. Made your value. <laughs> so again, communication is key. Mm-hmm. We forget to, we hold everything in as women. Someone to think we're weak. Well, I think you're weak if you're not telling me you're having a moment. You know, I'm working with another woman now, and I said to her, and she kept trying to jump into the conversation I was having. Not so much jump in, but get the knowledge. And I looked at her, I said, you're going to burn out in another two weeks. You don't need to know everything I know at this moment. You will. But we're in crunch time trying to build this. Church and state, let's divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. We'll be okay. Well, thank you so much. I love learning from you, and your energy is always so amazing. And from that very first day that we met each other, and I learned a lot, I would never stop learning from you. So I really appreciate you sharing your experience with our audience. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. And women, stay strong. Yes. (laughs) You are amazing. So one of the segments that we're going to be doing here on the Women Making It Work podcast is what we call our Tech Spotlight. It's a quick segment where we talk about our favorite tech tools, so you can check it out and see how it might improve your business. Anyone who knows me knows that I am definitely a tech geek, and I love to integrate all kinds of technology. When we were planning this podcast, there was one tool that was kind of invaluable, and it's called Asana. So I thought you guys might want to check it out. It's basically a task management system, so we set it up and we can do different projects, so episode one, episode two. Within that, we can have all of our subtasks. And then we can assign those and we can set due dates. And it's just a really good way to keep on track with things. I use it in every part of my business, not only for the podcast, but when we're planning events or redesigning a website. It just helps you to take a huge project, break it down into these little tasks and actually get them done. (laughs) We have a lot on our plate, so it helps to keep you organized with what's really necessary for today. So you can learn more about this on our website at foundernetwork.com. Check it out. Let us know what you think about it, but I think it will save you a ton of time. You guys are going to love Asana. Well, that's our first episode. Thank you so much for listening to the inaugural episode of Women Making It Work, brought to you by the Founder Network. If you like what you just heard, we would love for you to recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to visit foundernetwork.com to join the conversation access show notes and bios, and discover our fantastic bonus content brought to you from our members. That's foundernetwork.com, F-O-U-N-D-H-E-R network.com. There you can also learn more about our online community for female entrepreneurs who are designing a life to achieve their definition of freedom. And I'd also like to take a second before we go to thank everyone who contributed to the show, starting with our production team made up of Founder Network members. Corey Boudin, Deborah Pinnell, Maria Dewish, Belinda Sermola, and Maya Heredat. And of course, Leslie Short, our fabulous guest, and Paul Weiss from Sonic Union. They're the recording studio without whom we never could have done this. So if you like what you heard, we do hope you'll join us again. We would love for you to subscribe, give us a rating and a review on iTunes and Stitcher. And until next time, hustle hard. And as Leslie said, stay strong.